All right, let's uh, let's jump out of the Sprint special guest line, lease any handset, and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. In fact, a, a fine listener has just come by, Gordon, and is uh, is shining his his flashlight <laughs> into the shuttle. Thank you, we thank need, you very much. We, we need a little light in here. We yeah, appreciate you. it. All right, joining us now, he of course is the television voice of the Utah Jazz. He's the one and only Craig Bowler. Jack, what's up, Bowler? How are you? Jake Gordon, how are you? Where are you guys at now? Are you in a dark, dark, dark place? We're yeah, we're in a dark place. We're in a we're in a shuttle at Diamond Parking. Yep, Diamond Airport parking, hanging out in the shuttle van in the parking lot. <laughs> I'd say that is one unique. You know what? That may break any other remotes I've ever uh, I've ever been a part of. That's in, that's uh, that's unique and impressive. I remember way back in the day uh, when I first started at the Zone and the Big Show. Of course, the original Big Show was going on with Bowler and Monson. And you guys during the summer, do you remember this promotion where you'd go out and do remotes from people's houses? Oh, absolutely, man. Barbecue. did. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that, that was an awesome promotion. With yeah, good time. Good people Bowler, out we, there. We had a good time, man. They treated us right. I think they were feeding us and all kinds of stuff. Oh, they, they fed us. They fed us well. Yeah, we just, uh, they brought the neighborhood in, remember? And we just did the show. It was a, it was a really, it was really a fun idea. And you know what? In the summertime, when things kind of slow down a little bit, it's kind of nice to have a little different uh, variation of radio. It was a good time. I think we, uh, we did the show from Grandma's dining room table, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, they, uh, they set that thing up, brought the, the family and the neighbors in, and um, <laughs> they did us right. I'll, I'll be honest. They did us right. We're doing the show tomorrow with Homie, and we're but we're not doing it from the Homie headquarters. We're doing it from a home that Homie is selling, and uh, the owner. I was saying, "Gee, do you think they'll have the refrigerator stocked?" And the owner of that home uh, texted in uh, or tweeted in and said, uh, "Asked what I what I would requ- request to have in the fridge." And what so, was that? What was the request? I that haven't re- something. I haven't responded to him yet, but Jake, what would you like to eat? Well, well, it's you, and I would think you would go for what the beluga, the caviar. <laughs> oh, the no. beluga and and cap- even no, though no. even though you're no. not a not a drinker, just have Cristal no. in the in the fridge no. so you could pour it out. Uh, I, 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 I like simple food. How about burgers and fries, and you know maybe a, a cold soda or something. Uh-huh. Like that. Jake, I tell you what, just set him up with a uh, with a jar of peanut butter. He'll be good. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be skippy no, for Gordon. I'll be gnawing on that whole show. Oh man, uh, Bowler! Before we we talk jazz basketball, do you have any thoughts on on Utah? They're number seven in the college football playoff rankings, and uh, you know they should <clears> win their final two games. They, they should. should play Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Your thoughts on the Utes? Well, it's an outside shot, but again, I think as we've learned through the years and through my experience uh, in this whole scenario of college football and the playoffs and postseason, uh, you know, conference title championship games, a lot can still go wrong for a lot of teams up until that until that final, you know, gun sounds. Um, so, you know, as even though Utah is right now on the outside looking in, you still have to kind of contemplate what else could happen, you know, in a in a conference championship. So uh, BYU, excuse me, Utah just has to take care of themselves. And like you guys said before I came on the air, you got to really rough up and make, uh, I think, uh, voters uh, stand up and notice the Oregon game. And obviously you can't slip up. And that's what's happened to, to Utah over the last, 
uh, season or two or maybe three where there's a hiccup in November and you just can't have that. This team's too good, too talented. Uh, yeah, they've got some weaknesses that people know about, but yet still they get it done, and their offense is really now kind of, I mean, come alive. So uh, I guess for college football fans, it's kind of good to see a different one-two combo now instead of Bama and Clemson to see LSU and Ohio State there, the Buckeyes and the Tigers. LSU was down for a while, but they've definitely climbed back in. And the win they had uh, against Bama, uh, what was it, a week or two, two weeks ago, um, impressive. And so um, I'm just excited to see how this thing plays out. Utah, though, guaranteed i think a very impressive bowl uh no matter you know what the outcome obviously you want to go rose you want to go you know fight for the roses right i mean that's what it's all about that's why you play in a conference and that's that's the ultimate goal but if you actually do slide into a a college football playoff bowl then holy cow you have really uh done your job and and obviously um recruiting is going to improve uh your fan base will go wild, and I guarantee you the coffer uh, will increase financially in a big way. Bowler, speaking of offenses that live and die, uh, the Jazz last night uh, shoot 36% against a team that most of us think is uh, inferior to the Jazz. Mm-hmm. They had that, uh, that rough stretch toward the end of the first quarter, and then they had the rough stretch uh, near the end of the game where they were outscored 23-4. to four. Your thoughts? Well, I think you hit uh, an interesting point is the inconsistency on offense. I mean, last night, uh, Minnesota, uh, even without Andrew Wiggins, uh, just stayed close enough to take over the fourth quarter when the Jazz just went absolutely ice cold. What's amazing, the Jazz shot better from the three-point line than they did uh, from the floor at 39 percent versus 37 jazz missed too many open looks at the rim and that seems to be kind of something that haunts them on occasion uh they're better than minnesota uh they're better than memphis and uh, these last two losses i think have been difficult uh for fans to to kind of swallow and grasp um you know there, I, there's still a lot to be said about the two-point game look i mean easy shots have to be made uh, i understand it's at the rim and a three-point league but mid-range layups that are sitting right in front of you. The Jazz missed too many last night that would have given given them a lift. Instead, you miss, you're one and out, and that's what happens too. Offensive rebounds have not come aplenty uh, during these losses or or downtimes offensively, and I think that's another issue. Uh, The turnovers have kind of calmed down a little bit, but that uh, 36-24 score in the fourth quarter kind of tells exactly what happened. The Jazz went dead cold and you saw a Minnesota team that you know with life and Anthony Towns by the way uh, his game uh, I don't know again I'll talk to Quinn tomorrow at shoot around Uh, we just got here about 45 minutes ago but uh, obviously the plan is to again what defend Towns in what way protect the three and go out on him or uh, let him take the three and protect the middle or let him or defend the three and let him, you know, try to do something down low and, and cover the baseline uh, with, with uh, you know, other players. So uh, he's an exceptional player. I, I mean, honestly, they're eight and six, but still his skill set right now has to put him in into the MVP talk. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with a seven footer that can go 43% from downtown. He can rebound, he can score at 27 a clip. So, 
the cat, Carl Anthony Towns, has improved his game. And any time a seven footer can take take it outside and be that and be that dominant, uh, it put Rudy in a tough situation. Despite the fact I thought he, you know, he he was out and doing whatever he could last night. Gobert played well, but you know, again, it comes back to help defense and 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 drawing that game plan up and seeing how the Jazz counter what happened last night. Making shots would help, though, right? I mean, that's plain and simple. If you can make shots, life is so much easier. You can't shoot 37%, especially on your home floor, and allow a team to come in there and dominate you on, on your in your home arena. And that's uh, what happened in the fourth quarter last night. You know, Bowler, the, the disappointing part about that, what you're talking about, is this year so far, the Jazz in the fourth quarter have been really good. I mean, yes. they haven't been, Especially Donovan you know, Mitchell, too, Jake. So, yeah. Right. Donovan and nobody was good last night, Bowler. No, no. Donovan was 5 of 24. I don't think I can remember a time of late that Donovan Mitchell had that type of uh, a box score number of 5 of 24. He scored 17, but, you know, he averages over 14 points a game in the second half, and that just didn't happen. But, you know, the lesson to learn, Jake, is uh, – come in. Uh, got a bag being delivered. Is the fact that – you know, Donovan Mitchell can't do this most likely on each and every night. So that's the beauty of what the Jazz had built in this offseason was to have multiple, you know, players like a Conley, like a Bogdanovich, a Jeff Green, a Moutier, who could take some of the pressure off Donovan Mitchell. But, you know, again, you stand and think Mitchell would, was going to turn it on last night. And those shots, uh, trouble finishing, and, you know, still he got the 17 points because he's been living at the free throw line of late. A five of twenty-four. That's a high volume with not a lot of production. Uh, Conley's the same way. Six of uh, fourteen, uh, fifteen points. Uh, I'm just waiting for this team to to be more consistent. I I think that's just the word that comes to mind. And we really haven't seen, you know, consistency past you know a two or three game win streak. And then they take the step back, and then they have to force their way back forward. So, look, losses are going to come. And again, they're eight and five, and they're in the mix. But I think the expectations still come into play here, Jake and Gordon, that the preseason expectations are going to follow this team throughout the 82-game schedule. And each time they take a step back, the panic button seems to sound among fans and media. And, you know, you just kind of sit back and try to understand what's going on. And, you know, the roster at hand on paper looks good. But at the same time, shooting woes last year was an issue. And so far this season – has been part of the issue thus far. There's been nights they look absolutely unstoppable, but you've got to be a consistent, a consistent team to be obviously a player in the West and to win the West and go beyond. Well, I'm going to go back to you talked about the mid-range shot. Jake brought up a good point that the Jazz were what was the first five of thirty-one or something? Yeah, a uh, touch worse. Let me let me uh, dig that back up again. Okay, but by five of thirty-four, I think five yeah. of thirty-four from yeah, that Locke, range. Locke, Locke and I were if, talking about that on the bus. That's exactly right. Okay, so so if uh, if teams know this and they're going to guard the rim and they're going to hug the three-point line, then what uh, uh, can the Jazz hit that shot? Is it, just an, is it just an off night, or what can they do in order to improve that situation? Well, look, the way I look at it, too, is, and again, analytics will tell you, as we all know, the three ball and the rim. That's where the league is, and that's where it's going. But the mid-range shot, Conley is part of that. Conley made his name uh, for, and, and has survived in this league 
now in his 13th year because he was a guy that could drive the paint and hit the floater. Donovan Mitchell, I think, has developed an outside-inside game. He can drive, he can hit threes, but also he can pull up and knock down jumpers. That's the beauty of Donovan Mitchell's game. He'll take whatever they give you is my point. And we know what Gobert is. Uh, you know, he's a rim guy. Royce O'Neal uh, can knock down the three and doesn't look for mid-range shots. And Bogdanovich, I think he can do both. I mean, he surprised me how athletic he is, and we talked about it before, that he's had some troubles uh, of late uh, just finishing at the rim. You know, he's we all thought of him as a three-point guy, and he is. He's a 44% three-point shooter this year. So I think we go to the bench, and I'm thinking Jeff Green has struggled. I'm not sure in 14 minutes of play where Dante will be in the next uh, 10 or 15 games, but I'm anxious to see it. And Moutier has mid-range ability as well, and his strength guys will take him to the rim. He does not back off in in the minutes that I've watched him play. Uh, he's 51% from the floor and 25 from downtown, so he's going to be more of an inside guy who gives you that two-point shot. So there's a lot of information there. But I think you have multiple players that can do multiple things. And if you blend it all together, you get W's. Uh, but you have to be on. Uh, you have to be consistent in your shooting. I looked at you know some of the game highlights from last night again this morning before we left. And the bottom line is I don't really argue with the fact that the Jazz had open looks. It really comes down to the simple equation of just putting it together and knocking them down. They're there. And uh, when the Jazz struggle – and it's, it's any team, right? But especially this team. We saw it last year, uh, and again, it's happened this season in spurts where the consistency just of hitting shots, open shots, uh, it seems like it becomes not one player but five. And, and when it spreads through a team like that, it's pretty difficult to rally back, especially late in, in a fourth quarter where you end up losing, uh, you know, losing that game by ten. Bowler, you uh, you get uh, some unique access with the team traveling with them, going to practices, that sort of thing. Uh, can can you tell us what the vibe is surrounding the team right now? How how they're kind of uh, how they're kind of feeling about everything they're going through? I think I would uh, characterize the personalities of focused, and they have and the players I've talked to and the coaches I've spoken with. Uh, they all believe that this team is exceptionally good. Uh, and they take this personally, and they're going to continue to work and fix this. Um, you know, the hype, they heard it. Uh, the NBA heard it. Writers heard it. Uh, we heard it. Uh, fans have heard, you know, what is expected of this team. And I, I believe they have the talent to get to a high, high level. I mean, how high is it? I don't know. Uh, I mean, the Clippers are good. Uh, the Lakers have proven to be good. Uh, the Jazz have the ability to, to be just as good. But, again, it comes down to the consistency they got to bring to the floor every night. And, look, I'm not – Mike Conley has proven himself over the last 12 years, and I don't know if he's still pressing, stressing. He says he's comfortable. He says he feels like he fits in. But I still think there's still an adjustment period. Talking to Quinn, I, I think that was expected. Um that, you know, with the new faces, it wasn't going to happen overnight. And I know fans are going to tire of that. But at the same time, I, I think as I've watched this league over the last, you know, 15 years, is that there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of changes have been made in both conferences, especially in the West. And you see some up and down trends in this league uh, and in this conference. And I think the Jazz are, are going through that process right now. Now, you know, we're you got a, what, a 13-game 
uh, sample size, and Gordon and Jake, we talked about this before, what's the sample size that will give us the answers we all want? Is it 20? Is it 25? I don't know, but I'm thinking that it's got to be sooner than later, right? Because, again, 8-5 and five still respectable, respectable, but if the Jazz hadn't lost, Sacramento comes to mind, Memphis comes to mind, Minnesota comes to mind. You know, this team could be flirting with a 10-3 record, 11-2 and two sounds outrageous, uh, but or 11 and pardon me 11 and 2. But you know again you're going to lose games sometimes that you shouldn't and you're going to win games sometimes that you shouldn't. So you lose and you win and hopefully they balance out but um, yeah you like just to see the consistency come into play and hopefully the Jazz are close to, to finding that. And we'll find oh, out tomorrow. I mean I think yeah. we'll find out tomorrow. You get a rematch with a team you just saw 20 48 hours prior, you make a few adjustments and uh, you go back to work and see how you can uh, control Carl uh, Anthony Towns and a few others by the way. I'm just making this prediction right now. In all the games moving forward where Donovan Mitchell shoots 5 of 24 and Joe Ingles goes 4 of 12, the Jazz are going to lose. And it's, uh, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, well, and, Conley. And, 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 I, and I, talked to, right? I, talked to, yeah. I talked to Donovan about this last night, Bowler, and he said, how often is this going to happen? It's not going to happen very often. And well, he, was, he was convinced that they would rebound from this. Well, I know they, they have that continued positive spark uh, fed by Donovan, fed by Rudy, fed by Joe. And I think Mike's coming along in that leadership role as well, Gordon. Uh, but I'm looking at numbers. You know, this is all about analytics now. But if you look at your backcourt, uh, I don't know, 11 of 38 is going to happen often with Conley and Mitchell. And then, of course, you throw Joe's numbers in there, who, by the way, I was I was just – Glad to see Joe playing with a little bit of the first team at times. And I thought he felt more comfortable knocking down some threes. But still, his job, and he knows it, is that he's the facilitator of the second unit with Moutier and Green and now Dante and Tony Bradley. But, you know, he's still going to get some minutes with the guys that he started with last year and over the years. But it's, it's a difficult change for Joe Ingles as well. He's only shooting 30% from behind the arc and I know he's better than that he knows he's better than that but it's again is he facilitating he's almost four assists a night so he's getting guys involved but not taking a lot of shots but it was good to see Joe wind up and let that three point shot fly especially in the first half Buller, thank you as always, and uh, next time we'll have you right down here in the shuttle with us, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's dark outside, right? So are the lights on? What's They did turn the We've lights on. We've got the lights on now, yeah, and okay. uh, yeah, life is good, buddy. All right, sounds good. As long as you're getting fed, that's all that matters. Uh, we're roasting marshmallows. Thanks, Buller. <laughs> okay, see you soon. Bye-bye. Craig Bowler, Jack, with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That's right. We are in the parking lot. We're in the shuttle. Diamond Airport Parking. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.